We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Hi, this is Scott Trout, CEO of the domestic litigation firm Cordell & Cordell. There are many life changes that can happen after divorce that make it difficult or impossible to uphold requirements of your divorce decree. The orders issued in a divorce are based on the facts presented at that time, but the circumstances used in issuing those orders can obviously change. If you feel a modification to your court orders might be necessary, talk to us at Cordell & Cordell. Contact CordellCordell.com, 1065 East Hillsdale Boulevard, Suite 310, Foster City, California, 94404. Welcome to another edition of the High Stakes Diaries. I am your host, Peter Overzet, and I am joined by my co-host, fresh off of his week-long trip to España, Barcelona. Do you have a lift now, Pat? <laughs> I do not. No, I do not. How no, is- and I have a whole rant about how I find it very pretentious when people pronounce it Barcelona. Uh, because, you know, you don't care. Where's the Eiffel Tower, Pete? Where's the Eiffel Tower? Paris. Right, exactly. It's not in Paris. It's in Paris. We we pronounce it Paris. We can pronounce it Barcelona. Oh, see, but uh, I you tried to set me up, and I actually did the thing you didn't want me. to You do, did the thing. So. Well, yeah, but, but you did, but you did it in a little voice. So I feel like you actually came through for me in a way. Um, How was your trip? It was great. No, it was awesome. We uh, we saw during uh, during the game Sunday. We talked about this last week. Uh, you were joking around that I was be watching Red Zone while I was uh, watching Barcelona, um, the the football team, uh, and uh, I wasn't able to stream Red Zone, but that, that's only because uh, that that service isn't available over in Spain. I, I probably would have been streaming it on my phone because the games were occurring at the same time that I was watching Barcelona play. They ended up tying two two with a far inferior team, uh, Girona. Um, I think they were just recently promoted, so they were uh, pretty heavily favored, expected to win, but they ended up tying 2-2. But we did get to see 
Uh, two goals on our end of the stadium. We had pretty good seats, one of which was a messy goal. So exciting stuff and just a ton of good food and drink overall. So a lot of fun. Just like a quick little five-day trip, but well, good times. Well, you know that uh, that it, it came at a cost, right, your trip to Spain? Let yeah. Me t- let me tell you what happened when you left the country. We <laughs> dropped to one and two. We suffered so a lot. to the team here. And – we lost our starting and only quarterback, Jimmy Garoppolo, to a season-ending injury, and we lost our sixth-slash-seventh-round running back, Rex Burkhead, to a season-ending injury. And this all happened while you were gallivanting about Barcelona. <laughs> what do you have to do to defend yourself here? I mean, I obviously am absolutely critical to our team, and I, I can't abandon it anymore, so... You know, I can't defend myself except to say that I had no idea how important I was to the club and, and now I'll take it more seriously. Yeah, so needless to say, you left this team in shambles and since you've come back, I've been trying to pick up the pieces and getting us back into uh, a winning you know, mindset. And to do this, my first mode of business was, hey, we need to find a new quarterback. We don't have Jimmy Garoppolo anymore. And there, you know, there's some decent quarterbacks on the waiver wire. You know, you have your streamers, your Ryan Tannehill, your Joe Flacco's, your Case Keenum's. But there's one guy that stood out that seemed like he could have the upside of a guy that could be a league winner, and that is Baker Mayfield. Pat, before we get into kind of how we went about bidding on him, what are your thoughts just on Baker in a vacuum the rest of the season? No, I, yeah, I like Baker. I think I, I've i been – we were talking about this last week actually that, you know, it's how ridiculous is it that, uh, you know, take the coach getting fired or an injury just to get the number one pick on the field. And uh, I guess it did take, take the injury, right, for him to get in the game. Um, but luckily it's not, you know, taking that uh, for them to just name him the starter going forward. So I'm excited that – He's going to be the starter. I think that's the right move. I'm excited to watch him as a football fan. I think he'll be good for the Cleveland offense. And as a fantasy play, I think I'm a little less optimistic than you are just because he's a rookie quarterback uh, or on a team that, you know, I'm still not super confident in in terms of the coaching. There are weapons there, though. He does get you some additional value on the ground. Um, I think he can you know, in a best case scenario, move the offense enough and, and, and pick up, uh, pick up some extra points on the ground and, you know, maybe get some, get some touchdowns with the, the weapons they have there. So you also have a running back passing weapon, Duke Johnson, which I think has been underutilized this season. Maybe that, maybe he's utilized a little bit more and that, that helps me feel too. So overall, I think, I don't really know if I would categorize him as like a league winner type, but he could certainly be a team stabilizer at that position, allow us to not just have to go total stream right now, where in the FFPC league, a lot of people are carrying two quarterbacks at this time, and it would be a little bit unfortunate to have to just go to a complete streaming um, in in this part of the season. I think that some of those quarterbacks are going to come off rosters, though, as we move into like more heavy bye weeks. And so I think if Mayfield doesn't end up working out, then uh, we'll probably be able to move to streaming a little bit more easily later in the season. Yeah, and let me give my case of why I think he could be a league winner. 
and and I say that in you know with the caveat of how much a quarterback can be a league winner. I mean, Mahomes is having you know a historic like record breaking you know setting pace right now, and even he like in a standard league where you could trade like in an instant, I would trade him for say like a second or third round like equivalent, you know, running back or wide receiver. So, you know, the quarterback's, you know, ultimate value is always a little bit muted uh, in a one quarterback format, but relative to, I think, saving our season, uh, I, and I'm as far as they come from being a film watcher, but (laughs) seeing Baker Mayfield come into the game with no first team practice reps, not be spooked at all, just drop lasers, move the offense, being completely fearless, throwing into tight windows, that showed me a lot about just how he can move forward even just having one week of you know reps under his belt so I think that's very promising I you know everyone's always said that I I heard someone today say you know if you looked you took the names off the jerseys and you just looked at the talent that they have on offense that you would put it up there with some of the best offenses in the league so the, the the unknown with Mayfield of what he can do with this offense, obviously Hugh's still a concern uh, in how much he can hold them back. But I do really think there is unknown upside here, and it might take a week or two. Even going on the road in Oakland isn't the, the most friendliest uh, environment for your first career start. But I, I'm very excited about Mayfield, and even if it takes a couple games for him to really find his rhythm, I'm confident with the weapons. I'm confident in him as a talent, and I think um, I feel pretty confident that we will ride him most of the season, as opposed to him turning into, a, say, a streamer that you're just kind of dropping and playing by the matchups. Yeah, I, I think that you could be right, and I certainly hope you're right. I guess we've kind of spoiled it here. It's pretty clear that we did end up with Mayfield, but let's get into the uh, get into the the thought process that ended up having us land Mayfield. Because you know, I came back from Barcelona, and you're uh, you're kind of in your like Pepe Silvia, uh, like uh, just gone down the rabbit hole here with uh, <laughs> you know your Charlie Kelly in the mailroom from Always Sunny for people if they didn't get that reference, but. Um, yeah, you were just like deep in the weeds on like, all right, I thought, you know, and you were talking to Draft Addict and getting some of his thoughts and just uh, had had it really well thought out. Um, you know, I've kind of given you a little crap here, but you had actually gamed it out quite well. Like I didn't really I wasn't really poking holes in your logic. So I guess talk us through uh, that little experience. Yeah, I mean, my first thought was like, OK, I know we need to get Baker Mayfield. Uh, I want to get him how much is it going to cost? And so I, one of my first things, I can't actually even take credit for how I arrived at all of this because I started messaging Draft Addict and he pointed me uh, in the right direction of some key things to look at, which was one, who has Tyrod Taylor? In our league, it happened to be a guy that already had two other quarterbacks. Then he said, oh, take a look at who has bye weeks this week. You know, a Cam Newton owner looking for a fill-in or say an Alex Smith owner. Both of those guys were very well set uh, with quarterbacks. They had Stafford and Watson respectively. Uh, so they were good. So then there's only one other team in our entire league that wasn't carrying two quarterbacks other than us, and that's the Drew Brees owner. Obviously, he's sitting pretty. And so then the next data point I wanted to look at was how much Ryan Fitzpatrick went for last week. And he went for 136 
uh, to a team that had two quarterbacks drop Mariota to fill in for Fitzpatrick. So I thought that was a good baseline number. Obviously, Fitzpatrick is a guy you have to pick up. He's playing incredibly well, but even that owner, I'm sure, would admit that that could have a very you know short shelf life before Winston comes in. So 136 was like about the minimum. And looking at because there wasn't huge demand, I thought that the 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 floor bid uh, that someone would make just trying to chase his upside would be about two hundred dollars. So I was thinking low two hundreds would get it done, and you know, kind of what Draft Addict said to me is like, you know, people go crazy in here. Um, if you are in kind of league saving mode, we didn't have a backup quarterback. He's like, I wouldn't risk it. He was like, I would, I would do about $300 to get it done. Ultimately, you and me went back and forth and settled on a bid of 289, which I was, I would say like 95% confident that gets it done. And it did. The The next closest bid ended up being just about what I thought, which was at 201. So we could have flirted with it a bit more. I think we, if I wanted to get more dangerous, I maybe would have settled into like a 215 or 220 bid. But when you think about it, saving the extra 60 bucks, 70 bucks, um, ultimately not worth it. Um, I would have been kicking myself if it ended up just being a difference of 60. So I'm happy we got our guy and I'm happy that we did it uh, in the most fiscally prudent way possible. Yeah, I'm I'm really glad with the way it worked out. I think um, I'm just looking here. I think you had pitched something in the 275 to 310 range, and then I had said let's do something between 280 to 290, and then you proposed 289. So that ended up working out well. And I agree. Like I don't mind that we went with 289, and then I think the next highest bid was 201 because if we had just decided you know hypothetically on 200 and lost out would be i you know like we already discussed you're higher on mayfield than i am but i would be really kicking myself if i had talked us out of him by a dollar or in another case i i could easily have seen someone come in around the 250 range and or even you know the 275 range so i'm happy to have just gone ahead and, and gotten him um Maybe it's that there just wasn't really anyone else compelling on waivers. Like, I guess the only way I could – it would sort of be a retrospect thing where, like, if three three or four weeks from now there's a just an obvious running back pickup that we'd want for, like – but we know we need, like, 600 bucks to get him, and now we don't have that. That would stink, but um, we talked about this, too, is that we we're kind of stashing running backs already, and, you know, potentially if more running backs – become available that are stashes we you know we talked about this last week with ronald jones that we want to be snapping those guys up if possible so um you know hopefully we're already on top of the most obvious at least uh running back guys who could pop and we won't be in a situation where we don't feel like we have enough fab later on so anyway i I feel pretty good about the whole thing All right, guys, wanted to take a quick sec in this episode to tell you guys about Fantasy Math. They're one of our sponsors here on the RotoViz Network. And what Fantasy Math does for you is they help you make all those big calls. We all have to deal with the start sits. We're already, you're going to, I already know next week we're going to have to be deciding between uh, Josh Gordon and Bilal Powell, uh, which I think I know where we're going to go in that direction. But if we didn't, 
fantasy math would help us decide you know they take in to look at a player's uh, variability whether you're the favorite correlations across your matchup fantasy math takes all of that into account and they're actually uh, giving rotoviz listeners a discount right now it's a season membership for just twenty dollars you guys can use the link rotoviz.fantasymath.com we'll post that in the show notes don't miss out that's rotoviz.fantasymath.com they will help you out with all your start sit questions so we also lost Rex Burkhead. He's a guy, I believe we started him week one, uh, but we haven't been starting yeah. him since. He's been in and out of the lineup, um, been questions about his role, about his health. Uh, and now, of course, he was put on IR, which I'm bummed about it. Uh, the reason I'm mainly bummed is because we, during the draft, we had a big decision of Rex Burkhead or on Johnson, and we were both... Yeah. I don't think either of us were pounding the table one way or the other. I think I remember looking at you and be like, I don't feel strongly either way. I like both of these guys. Obviously, that one stings now with as good as carry-on looked the other night. Uh, they right. seem like players head in, in opposite directions in, Very in much so. zero production direction. So that's going to sting a little bit. But it also is a relief in a bit that... He's a guy that was a fringe starter for us right now, especially the way they were wanting to feature Sony Michelle. So I feel good that he's not going to be a roster clogger. I guess that would be the silver lining. Yeah, I guess that's the silver lining. And I think the other silver lining is that he's not someone that was really hurting us. You know, he wasn't really in the starting mix for us and it felt fine. Like it didn't, we didn't feel kind of desperate for him to get back. Um, and so, you know, it, I guess we drafted well enough elsewhere, at least so far, uh, it, it seems that way, um, that we can avoid or we can absorb the uh, the Burkhead missed pick there with him going to IR. So, yeah, uh, that one hurts a little bit less than losing Garoppolo. Yeah. And I think right now, you know, I feel pretty good about our starting lineup. Uh, you know, the big one will be if we can get Josh Gordon in the lineup and, and performing at, at a decent level, that would allow us to trot out, you know, four wide receivers, you know, Diggs, Allen Robinson, Keelan Cole, and Josh Gordon. We could start, you know, Todd Gurley, obviously, with Tevin Coleman, theoretically, as our RB2, Travis Kelsey at tight end. I think our starting lineup um, has a lot of firepower and potential going forward. When you look at our depth, um, our bench, there isn't uh, a lot of current production on it. I think, as you said, we've been stashing some running backs that we hope could turn into producers. But that's the one thing when I look at our bench right now, um, we're very vulnerable uh, to an injury. Well, I'm I'm surprised in all that to uh, not hear you mention your boy, Ricky Seals-Jones, um, because we've got Josh Rosen coming in here. Uh, for the Cardinals in the little quarterback change there. And I could see, you know, I, I mean, Jesus, he can't be worse than Bradford, right? So that he should be picking up that offense a little bit. And uh, that could be really, really good for Ricky, Ricky Seals-Jones, who's been really involved in that offense, like way more, I think, than um, either of us expected. I, I think it's fair to say. Like he's, he's a, you know, heavily involved in the offense and um if the offense picks up obviously then then he could stand to benefit quite a bit 
Yeah, I'm I'm excited about Ricky Seals Jones. I'm excited about his role in the offense. Like you said, I mean his his market share, you know, relative to the to the other receivers has been really solid. The problem is that pie is so small. Uh it's one of the worst offenses in the league and the other problem with it is not only is it one of the worst, but part of the reason it's the worst is because they're playing so slow. I think they're bottom five in plays run as a team. So that really concerns me. But yeah, I, you know, Rosen hopefully can kickstart the offense, uh, maybe be a little more aggressive downfield. But I think there's still similar and kind of checking uh, optimism with Hugh Jackson, you know, checking optimism with Mike McCoy, because you see how he's used David Johnson, what they've done with Bradford, their pace, like everything is so uncreative, so dismal. So hopefully Rosen does unlock this offense. Mike McCoy becomes less stubborn. And if that's the case, then yeah, I could see Ricky Seals Jones being a guy that we fill in uh, as a flex during bye weeks and whose role maybe grows. Um, I would say I'm. Uh, I don't. I wouldn't say I'm optimistic on that happening, uh, though. Right now, I actually kind of am optimistic. It's funny. Maybe we've traded places on on uh, rancid seal juice here, but it's like, you know, you mentioned them playing slow. I would be playing even slower if I had been starting Bradford. Right? It's like you gotta. You can't. You don't want plays. Like you. You want to have. Like if you could have like one play decide the whole game, like and you've got Bradford a quarterback, you you do that, you know. Like if you might as well, if you could have the coin toss decide the game, you do that. That's a, that's a victory for you. Uh, so I just I think that it would make sense that um, if Rosen is able to bring the offense up a notch, hopefully more than one notch, then they might increase the pace a bit. Uh, going to uh, Josh Permsmeyer's airyards.com as we were doing last week. Uh, and looking at the Whopper metric, which is uh, combines target share of uh, raw targets and then uh, market share of air yards. So it is based on share of your offense. Uh, so, you know, like you said, Pete, if they're not running as many plays, um, then then that has an effect. But anyway, in terms of guys like with a big role on their team, uh, Ricky Seals-Jones is eighth in Whopper th- among tight ends through three weeks so he's he's got a really big role like a bigger role for example than jack doyle jimmy graham um he's barely behind rob gronkowski in terms of the the share that he's getting as measured by whopper so yeah i think if the offense picks up then i think then jones could become streamable actually pretty easily just based on the large share he's seeing yeah, then that'll be – this isn't a great spot for them for Rosen's first start on the road um, at Seattle. Obviously, Seattle hasn't been as intimidating. Still a tough spot. We're actually playing um, the Seahawks defense this week. We picked them up for, I think, just five bucks, and they seem to be a consensus top three defensive option this week. But, yeah, it will still tell us a lot with are they changing – the pace of play are they opening up the playbook with Rosen and I think that'll give us some more indicators for how bullish we can feel about Ricky Seals Jones uh, going forward another guy um, that kind of flew under the radar but is still you know a guy I think we we need and hope to have big things from and that's Keelan Cole Um, and even though he didn't have a touchdown against Tennessee in week three he still 
kind of cemented himself as the the top wide receiver option there. He ran 35 of 37 routes, uh, and he had a season-high nine targets. Um, So that is kind of exactly what we were hoping for, him pulling away uh, with the lead and the target share in that offense. So, man, if we can, like, as our title of this episode was last week, you know, Josh Gordon and Keelan Cole to the rescue, we really need those guys to ascend um, and and collect targets and, and start turning those into fantasy points for us. Yeah, a, a bit of cold water on Cole uh, is that, you know, he, to your point, like with the target share, nine targets, he had 26% target share, that's really good. Um, but he, uh, and, and, and sorry, I just got to make the good case. He had 39% of the market share of air yards, which is also uh, pretty good, but he just had 56 air yards on the day. And I, I think, um, it was a tough outing for the Jacksonville passing offense overall. So it's a little hard to know if like last week was him really putting a ton of distance it's like one of those things where if the offense overall or the passing offense overall is struggling then is it like really indicative of who was the leading the leading wide receiver on that day or is it maybe a little bit more telling when the offense is clicking who the lead wide receiver was and if we look in week two uh, when the offense was clicking against new england uh, then moncrief was actually the target leader um and the leader in market share of air yards so it's a little bit um, – I think it's a little early to know if Cole has really changed anything from from what we thought before this week. Certainly I hope that he will pull away. But I guess it's worth mentioning that um, that we also have Moncrief right now. So uh, we just need one of these guys to emerge. Yeah, I mean Moncrief last game, two receptions, 16 yards. Um, so yeah, I, I – I, I trust that uh, that Cole's talent will continue to emerge, but yeah, probably need to see another week or two of that trend developing. It is interesting to note, though, uh, I read that it, this seems crazy to me, but they are the game script adjusted past heaviest unit. They're 13 points above expectation, hmm. which you just wouldn't have thought for the Jags. Uh, so yeah, when the, no, not at all. when the game script, uh, is dictating to pass, they, they seem willing to let Bortles air it out, which I think would be one of the knocks against them just, you know, in a vacuum, like, Oh, they're just going to ram Fournette down. But, um, if they are getting down in games, uh, that should bode well for us. But then you see games like they had against Tennessee, where it's just, a a slugfest and and no one can really get going but uh yeah i'm gonna be keeping close tabs on that offense who do they play this week they play um oh the jets so yeah i guess that could go either way as far as like a shootout or, or a gross game but yeah hopefully cole pulls away um yeah, so what else uh, are we looking at here uh, heading into week four? We're obviously – we're recording this on Thursday night during the Thursday night football game. We're off to a decent start here. The the Rams uh, putting up a ton of points. Um, Gurley got a, a touchdown in the first half. Diggs having a solid uh, game as well. So, yeah, hopefully these two guys can get us uh, in a nice spot set up for Sunday. Yeah, it's it's a shootout, just as you would have expected uh, when the season started. These two highly uh, drafted defenses, um, and yet they play each other in Week Four, and it's a total shootout. Uh, Stephon Diggs got us 
13 points in the first half, seven receptions for 61 yards. And he's basically the wide receiver three on his team right now with Aldrick Robinson having two touchdowns and uh, Adam Thielen. Uh, I don't have the latest target numbers up, but he's just been just looked at constantly uh, in the first half here. So pretty, pretty wild. Uh, hopefully Diggs can uh, get in the end zone in the second half for us or uh, at least uh, emerge a little bit more targeted. Um, you know, although, you know, a decent stat line here. Still, seven or seven, six, one yards and a half. So, yeah, nice after that flop against Buffalo last week, where I, I think what what did he have like three catches for fourteen yards or something pretty pretty poor. And he has shown that propensity to be a little boom bust. So, uh, yeah, I'm definitely excited just to see him have these seven receptions and watching that game. You know, they are using him with some of these little quick passes out. Oops, sorry. Um, <laughs> what the hell? Some pop up. Um, they are using him in the flat and getting creative with him. It's not like he's just like on an island running nine routes, and if he's not open, right. then he's not scoring. So I like seeing him get involved. The in wide the, receiver screens and stuff. Yeah, because obviously Thielen has been the the first look for for Cousins yeah. in that offense and has been a PPR machine. So if Diggs can balance the big plays with some of that um, kind of more simple usage that'll really give his fantasy uh points a floor yeah and we're going up this week against the owner of michael thomas and antonio brown and drew Brees. um so you know could be a tough week for us so we, we probably need every point we can get um any thoughts on antonio brown on him just sort of you know the juju antonio brown thing um I guess it'd be nice if if Antonio Brown doesn't return to his classic form this week, right? Yeah, uh, yeah, that's that's tough to know. I feel like you know they are at home. Uh, obviously, B- Big Ben's uh, home road splits are well known, and uh, Pittsburgh's defense ha- or uh, sorry, Baltimore's defense hasn't been that great in the back end. So Antonio Brown's always scary, but yeah, like you said, I mean <laughs> Juju sure looks like the first read in that offense right now uh he's just been such a beast so hopefully we can get one more quiet game from antonio brown it's uh you you know when you look at michael thomas and you're going against him and i guess antonio brown too it just feels like best case scenario is death by a thousand cuts i mean they're just going to get peppered with targets and you basically just have to pray that you fade the big play or the multi-touchdown game yeah yeah i think the thing that scares me i'm just poking around on on air yards.com again and brown is fourth in the league in uh air yards uh and he's got just terrible efficiency on the year which is not what you would expect from brown and it's probably uh unless he's got an injury we don't know about uh an anomaly so that the thing that worries me is he's actually been heavily involved and just hasn't converted where uh he's actually been much more involved than uh juju it just doesn't seem that way because juju's converting at a very high rate yeah and and brown is not i will actually say yeah the the names we mentioned breeze brown thomas those are obviously some of the scariest names to see on your opponent's team but the rest of his team isn't that scary to me he has a couple game script dependent running backs and chris ivory and alex collins he has deshaun jackson going up against the bears um everyone's kind of thinking that yeah. that pass rush could really give Fitzpatrick problems so he's obviously a little boom bust Chris Hogan 
has been quiet. Now he's probably, I would assume, going to get Xavier Howard treatment, uh, who's been a shutdown corner. And even if he doesn't, um, a lot of weapons coming back uh, in the fold there with Josh Gordon, you know, lots of places to go with the ball. And then Rhett Ellison at tight end, very thin start for him, obviously could, you know, get a few catches, but I don't see a ceiling there. So I'm hopeful if, if Gurley and Diggs can keep rolling that we might even be able to withstand big games from Brown and Thomas just based on the rest of his roster. Yeah. Um, before we, we leave it, I, I guess that's, uh, I just wanted to get your thoughts on Gordon as a, you know, the in-house Patriots fan. So when in the morning, when you're cracking open the Boston globe and, and reading, uh, your, your Boston sports section is your, you know, usual morning routine. Um, what are you, what are you gathering? What have you heard about Gordon and, and when can we expect him to start, uh, catching up to Jarvis Landry and our famous, uh, hundred dollar bet? Yeah, I was actually talking, uh, the trash man swung by the other day and was picking up my trash and I was just talking to him about the Pats out front for about 30 minutes. Um, and he seems to really, yeah, no, um, I, I need to, you know, as much as I'd love to yellow it and put him in the lineup, uh, right away, I definitely want (laughs) to, I want to see it. Um, I mean, just, oh yeah. Paulson has him not even he has him like ranked 178 in his like flex ranking so you know obviously can't use him this week but yeah I am I'm feeling cautiously optimistic just seeing how badly this offense needs a spark I mean they looked awful against the Lions the play calling was incredibly uncreative they're ramming Sony Michelle uh, up the middle I I really hope that at the very least, Josh Gordon can come in and open up the offense. But, you know, obviously for our interest, be someone that um, is making big plays that they're using uh, in different ways. And I, I think he will. I, I think if if all the off the field stuff and his, you know, mental health stays in in good shape, I think he will be a factor. I don't I'm not going to go like league winner. He's going to be a Randy Moss top five receiver down the stretch kind of thing. But I am uh, optimistic he can give us some big plays in this offense. Awesome. I think that's enough. Like already with with Gordon still the potential to be a producer for us as our I guess fifth fifth round pick, and then Allen Robinson working out pretty nicely as our fourth round pick. That's probably like we've already locked in the best fourth and fifth round pick that we've ever had. <laughs> with those two so no Alan, i wasn't you were way more on alan robinson than i was i i guess i would say it was more i just there was so i liked guys that weren't gonna make it to us more you know i was really uh, but obviously like juju and and jarvis landry oh yeah yeah Um, juju especially but alan robinson has been a, a great pick in this week he's actually number one in herms meyer's uh air yards by low model uh trubisky seems to love him and uh, yeah, I'm I'm excited about Allen Robinson. It, it feels like a, a big a big game is coming for him here soon. Yeah. beyond just the kind of the the short targets. Yeah, and he's yeah he's getting a ton of volume as as that uh, by air yards by low model is telling you so, um, and not not converting it as much as you would expect. So yeah, I'm exci- I'm really excited about Robinson going forward. But uh, but yeah, I think if Gordon become something then we're we're looking pretty good so even though this is the third year in a row that we started one and two um also the third year in a row we started oh and one and one and one so so far same old story but uh maybe we can break the mold here because if we win this week be the first year that we 
are two and two after four weeks. So, and one thing I should say, you know, it was a little scary. We lost Garoppolo, lost Burkhead, dropped to one and two. It's like, oh no, is this the same old fantasy land stuff? When you look at our points, um, which also factor into one of those wild card playoff spots, we're at four thirty six, which is right in the thick of it. Um, with the the first place team has four ninety four, but even the second place team beyond that only has four fifty five. So you know we are we're right in the thick of it with everyone else. We don't have to worry so much about the win loss right now. Uh, as long as we keep putting up points, uh, I think we'll be in good shape, and I, I think we're positioned to do that. Yeah, and that's a great point. Normally associated with our one and two start is very little points. So yeah. <laughs> we're making progress, Pete. Yeah, I mean, there actually is a yeah a team that's zero and three that has four hundred and fifteen points. So it just shows that you know everyone uh, is performing uh, pretty well. And these next few weeks with the buy hits, this will where this will be where we really start to separate the you know the pretenders from the contenders, if you will. Hey, sports fans! Football season's here, and it's time to get in on the action with my bookie. MyBookie is the industry-leading sports betting website that offers real Vegas odds on football, baseball, and all your favorite sporting events. You can take a side, the total, or even fantasy points props. MyBookie lets you bet online and win big. Did the game already kick off? Don't sweat it. MyBookie has in-game live betting on every major league and event even esports there's no better time to join my bookie than today go to my bookie to open an account and start winning use promo code champion when you register for your account and get a 100 percent sign up bonus up to one thousand dollars on your first deposit bet today visit my bookies website or call 844-866-2387 that's 844-866-2387 check them out today and use promo code champion for a 100 percent bonus Terms and conditions apply for entertainment purposes only. Void where prohibited. All right, guys, that is going to do it for this week's edition of the High Stakes Diaries. If you guys have not subscribed to this feed on iTunes, please do so. You can find that on iTunes or anywhere you subscribe to podcast apps. Let us know on Twitter what you think of some of our moves, uh, where you think we're messing up, any thoughts you have about our team. You can find me on Twitter at Peter Overzet. You can find Pat at Pat Corain, and we will continue to uh, to drop into your feeds every Saturday morning as we continue throughout the season and try to get some more W's. Your home is important. That's why GEICO helps make it easy to save on condo insurance. Because home is more than just a place. Home is where you took minimalism too far because there's only one chair in your entire condo and your only entertainment is one card. Not even a deck of cards, but a single card. And all your guests have to share one plate and one fork, but you're convinced that less stuff means more freedom. The GEICO Insurance Agency could help protect the overly minimalist broom closet you call home. Call GEICO and see how easy it is to switch and save on condo insurance. Your home is important. That's why GEICO helps make it easy to save on condo insurance. Because home is more than just a place. Home is where you took minimalism too far because there's only one chair in your entire condo and your only entertainment is one card. Not even a deck of cards, but a single card. 
And all your guests have to share one plate and one fork, but you're convinced that less stuff means more freedom. The GEICO Insurance Agency could help protect the overly minimalist broom closet you call home. Call GEICO and see how easy it is to switch and save on condo insurance. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.